Well, it's nice to meet you because we because we met Tyler last time when, when we talked about damsels. For damsels yeah, yes. So yeah. he's another one. If you start talking about basketball with he, we will is game over. He won't shut up. <laughs> well, I just perked up. I don't. I can't even talk basketball. I think I was paying attention to the most in maybe 2011, 2012. Yeah, so when you mentioned John Mar- Mary Chalmers, I'm like, wait, decadal information. <laughs> or it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> No, we can talk about time to shine. We could talk about you know Tavia Sevalosha. We could talk about some Joel Anthony. Uh, we we can get some. We can talk about some people from that. Played on the Heat though. (laughs) Oh, exclusively (laughs) on the Heat. Okay. You remember Sevalosha? I no, I don't remember Sevalosha, but I do. I mean, I could like I was rooting for the Mavs in that. That's true. So like, no, I can talk to you about. We got yeah. Jason Terry, we got Jason Kidd, we got JJ Barea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got Sean Marion the, at the end of his career. Uh, Avery. No, no sorry, who was the coach? Avery. Uh, Avery. Avery. Brett. Avery was, no, he no. was the coach in like 2006. Yeah, no, that, no, it was Carlisle. It was for sure Carlisle. Yeah, what, it was Carlisle yeah. at that point. I can't no, remember. No, yeah. yeah. I remember Avery because I remember being like, he's very. Handsome. I know you were always into Avery. He's so angry. <laughs> Great facial hair. Great <laughs> facial hair. Yeah, that was that was like 2006 because I was graduating high school at the time. And that was like my I went to the all boys school graduation and they like kept interrupting the, the like ceremony or the speeches or whatever to get like Mavs updates. Oh, perfect. Um, I love that. Then, announced that we were going to have this big parade and then we lost to the heat <laughs> you got your revenge you got yeah your you revenge. got your revenge my revenge so yeah anyway that was all and now all. and now in 2022 you two are both celtics fans i would imagine exiting through the 2010s a podcast about the movies from the 2010s I'm Jack Draper with me in my apartment complex. It's Clay Williams. These are going to be really hard to like establish a like setting bit up front. Right. This right. series. Are you, are you going to say I'm realizing Clay Williams. he's in Iran right now? Right. I, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm in Iran. Um, this is cool. Yeah. Um, taking care of your aging grandfather. Like, no, that's not going to. Uh, no, or my grandfather is uh, quite dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just like this the settings in the you know, even if the, the films that we're gonna cover are like contemporary set is just like it, it's just it, nothing's like gonna be funny or like when we get to Son of Saul, I would recommend not doing the bit. I yeah, that would be so my too. recommendation. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, uh, our next episode is gonna be a more and it's like I don't know, like part of oh. the with, uh, oh boy. Yeah. Thank you for not yeah. nominating us for that. <laughs> yeah this is like a this is a light-hearted jaunt yeah, by comparison. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i think this one uh might be my favorite of the bunch we covered but i mean i i haven't seen so many of the ones that like mm-hmm. that we're about to cover because i'm a bad film watcher but um <laughs> but i mean well then again i you know like in my defense when when am i just like Man, I gotta watch it more right now. I just have to watch it more. Sure, it's sure. been on the watch list, and everyone tells me it's a great flick, and I just I gotta cue it up right now. That's true, yeah. and I think that's a part of the beauty of this series that it's like a lot of the films, many of them have a cultural legacy outside of their award season, but then some of them don't, and yeah. like no one's gonna see like uh the great beauty, the Paul Santoro film in 2022, but it's like we then have to reevaluate like why it did get such an increase in popularity in 2014 not so much right now something like that 
yeah um well i guess we're technically going to cover pain of pain and um pain and glory right yeah or yeah. our alternative for parasite so that's probably my favorite that's and our if big we were, asterisks because we right we've and if parasite. we were doing parasite that would obviously be my favorite of, of mm-hmm. the ones i've seen that's right uh today's a separation yes garfahadi found that one in 2011 for best foreign language oscar winners of the 2010s with us is justin and from cows of the field uh love you have you guys back thank you for having us Thanks. yeah 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 um be- before we uh we get started we've been doing this year what we've been watching recently if anything comes to mind for any of us first let me pull up my letterbox you our, here. You have our yeah. external brain, aka the letterbox. I'm watching a movie called a Separation. Really <laughs> good. Oh, no. we watched uh, To Have and Have Not. Don't worry. Oh, we watched Don't Worry, Darling. That's a that's a yeah. contemporary. Yeah. Um, interesting. What do you think? Uh, of it? It's uh, it's bad, but not like not like in an interesting <laughs> bad, just like boring. It's. Man, I thought it was a strong fine. You know, yeah. like <laughs> it's like a no five or a six. Huh. It's like kind of a it's a bad because it just like gave me nothing and it takes itself very seriously. And it's yeah. like, okay, but I mean it shows like how Flo is one of our great actors working that it's yeah. not a total disaster under her. I told Justin like 10 minutes and I was like, even if this movie is bad, I can look at Florence Pugh for two hours plus. No mm. problem. You know? <laughs> so I was just like, I'm here for the ride. Although I really, yeah, I was thinking about like in terms of the the way people responded to it, it reminded me of like women in the window last mm. year. Right. That's people, a great comparison. I roll, but the difference was that a woman in the window was kind of going for like a schlock punching above its weight because yeah. it had an insane cast, and this does, yeah, like it's sort of it's it, trying it to be not position itself as schlock, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it similar to a woman in the window, strong, fine. I had a good time. I mean, I can give you my capsule <laughs> review, which was basically similarly strong, fine, but I was like, I was annoyed by the idea that mm-hmm. spoilers that. Well, I won't spoil the movie, but effectively the the, right, the finger wagging, the finger wagging that like, oh, uh, men just want to go back to the 50s when they were well, the kings and all that. Okay, men are trash. Fine. So. I was like, fine. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Let's go move on to something more interesting. I agree with all that. But um, then I thought we, in our, it was in our conversation afterwards, Laura, but also just sort of, you know, independently, I was thinking, you know, the the what Harry Styles character, I forget his name, wants is not just to be like king of the... I think what's kind of interesting is the movie, it feels like a very millennial slash Gen Z in a way movie and the casting of Harry Styles plays into this. But that, you know, it turns out that he kind of just wants to have some time to be in love with his wife or girlfriend Mm. or whatever. And that actually struck me as much more interesting that this is actually somewhat of a commentary on the generational divide between the the silent generation who would have been people you know reaping the fruits of the 50s and the, the boon of the 50s and then the whatever you know generation we are and you guys are in who are basically being unable to like partake in the american dream because there are no houses available and i think it's really you know that setup was i think actually unclear to me how intentional it was but it did feel like it was there to enough and that made me feel like it was actually a little bit more interesting than 
than I had um, initially given it credit for. So anyway. that's true. Yeah, that's a good, that's an interesting take, and it's almost like it's individual scenes and parts heard it overall that it's like what it was going for as its as its message is better than like you know a scene to scene basis yeah and also like the mechanism by which this is all supposed to happen is obviously absurd and stupid and but i also <laughs> don't care about that that yeah, kind of criticism that kind of criticism of movies i find so like uninteresting empty that yeah like i'm just like fine you know just under this, this it's it's magical just go with it right like <laughs> enough was yeah. there that i could believe it um but my comparison wasn't to women in the window excuse me women in the window but um uh serenity <laughs> which, sure. I, which I thought Interesting. had a similar kind of twist. And I was like, which I did. I think in the end, this movie, I, really think this I don't know, so Serenity, I thought was maybe, maybe more fun. You're yeah. out of mind. You're out of mind. Serenity sounds way crazier than this movie to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen either, but I know the twist for Serenity. I don't know the twist for Don't Worry, Darling, but just the way people have talked about, like when it came to Serenity, people were like, like, grabbing people in the street like have you heard what this movie is about it's fucking crazy and like yeah. and like spit like and just like shaking them hitting them in the knee and just like listen to me um but for like don't worry darling everyone i've talked to about it is like yeah i mean it's whatever yeah, yeah. sure we're, it's, we're i mean it's like bad but or like i don't know i thought it was fine it's not, no one's like excited about it <laughs> post serenity world it is, yeah <laughs> serenity, serenity is also again a schlock movie not attempting to be interesting or deep uh and and you know succeeding on those terms and so in, in that sense it's easier to, its terms is it's easier to forgive its like absurdities than it is i think don't worry darling which is trying to be like the sheen of don't worry darling is sort of overwhelming right the like glossy sheen on that movie is like intentional but also just like really screaming at you like take me seriously it does it is it is that and i just wish i wish it was more tense than it is like socially conscious um Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i I don't know i just didn't feel like that there was much like bubbling underneath the surface because it was all right there in front of you what have you guys watched recently uh i mean i guess don't worry darling is also my choice but i'm um, going through my Steven Spielberg blind spots right now. Before I see Fablemans. Mm-hmm. What's up? No, I thought you saw 1942, right? I did you see watched, it. I saw 19, you watched it I three saw 19, times in a row. I, I've seen it um, the, the least amount of times because it's not very good, I think. Right. Um, but uh, Duel, I guess that's my favorite. It's, you know, what if there was a scary car that follows you around? And you have a duel with the car. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's the low budget Hitchcock riff that he made in the 70s with the, you know, it's it's real good. It's And it's like, man, this one's this one should be championed more. Empire of the Sun. That was real good. Like, whoo, man. Christian Bale's always had it. That's yeah. Is is duel available anywhere? Where did you watch it? No, I, I had to rent it feeling like not super recent but we watched so many horror movies in october for yeah, spooky season but we saw the Stuart gordon movie what was the one called justin that was oh, from, reanimator from beyond no rea- from oh. beyond yes we have seen yeah. the reanimator but we thought we would just like you know go a couple more into his filmography it's it's really you want to know something crazy about Stuart gordon that i feel like us as not really Stuart Gordon aficionados, I was surprised by this and also curious, but I'm sure fans of Stuart Gordon will be like, well, obviously Stuart Gordon was like still making movies like 
up until recently. Like he's made recent movies. Really? Yeah, they look oh, crazy. Interesting. One with Macy, it really made Macy. Tell me more. Anyway, I don't know. I just feel like I want to see it, but they're hard to find. So you have to mm-hmm. like go and you know rent it on iTunes or buy the DVD or whatever. But anyway, so could be fun to do like a Stuart Gordon like rundown. I guess we could technically cover his filmography then. Yeah, I think so. I think he's, I think that one. Yeah, he's. Is it 2011? When is it? Oh, he directed something in 2018 that really does not exist. And then, yeah. and then that's it, actually. Then it's like 2008, say, 2007, 2005. Okay. So Edmund. There's was, a difference between yeah. like if he made movies and if he made like real movies. Right. Yeah. Who knows? Edmund, yeah, though, that's the one I was thinking of, the Macy one. It sounds crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm just, he visits a fortune teller and it spurs him to leave his wife abruptly. Come on. What, you, what, what, what was not, so exciting I, look, about that, Justin? Just a wild. He seems like premise. really interested in that premise. Apparently, yeah. it's available in TikTok. So mm. go check it out. Oh, boy. <laughs> should we leave? Should, should <laughs> me and Jack like leave? Yeah. So you guys got it from here. I can. <laughs> and the record. A separation. I'm just getting in the mood. That's true. Well, there you go. That's it. We got it. We got to get in the rhythm right. of it. Um, We're meth- Jack, is there We're anything meth- else you want to shout out before I go into my? No, you can go. Okay. Um, I've I, I watched a movie finally that wasn't related to this podcast. Isn't that insane? I mean, crazy. I've watched like no movies. You had last, you, like, you had to you had to fall into this to I know. Um, to yeah. get you to watch them. So my mom was um, had plans to go see a movie, and then Tar. her friend. Tar. Tar. Well, well, I was gonna get to that, but Tar. her friend canceled on her in the last minute. I think the friend got COVID or something, um, and then i and then she's trying to figure out how to cancel it and she comes to me it's like i can't figure out how to cancel I'm like okay let me give me the computer let me see if i can figure it out and then i see it's for tar and i'm like i want to see tar and she's like you do and i'm like yeah and she's like well do you want to go and i'm like yeah i want to go let's go see tar <laughs> and like yeah and we just went to a little indie theater uh cinema 21 shout out in portland downtown portland um and yeah it was great i i was it was a movie. I was uh, I haven't been in the theaters in so long that it was great to just be there and watch a fucking movie. Um, mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, my mom dug it, too. But she, you know, she likes to whenever anytime we watch something that is even a little. Amb- 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 um, wow, I can't say the fucking word. Uh, ambiguous. Thank you. Ambig- ambiguous. Um, she loves to ask all these questions like, what do you think that meant? What do you think that mm-hmm. meant? And sometimes it'll be just like, what do you think that character meant when they said this? And I'm like, I think that's what they meant. <laughs> like, it's one of those things like sometimes where I'm like, I don't know what take you want me to have here. It's like, no, I think they said what they said. And I think you should take it for their, take their word on that one. Like, Your mom wants no... you to like validate like what, right. what happened. Where it's like, right. yes, it is what happened. Right. Exactly. That's yeah, truly yeah. some of our, con- I mean, I, I love her to death. And we ha- sometimes have some real interesting conversations, but a lot of, but she just, I think she just was like trying to figure out a way to, you know, she knows I'm into movies. So she's like, okay, like, how can I, let's see, how can we, how can we like really talk, really talk about this? How can we relate? Yeah. Right. And, but it's just funny. It's like, what do you think the symbolism of the kid was? And I'm like, 
it was a kid. Like, I don't like, I think the symbolism was it was a kid and she liked the kid and that's yeah. it. Like, I don't know what's the, like, what, what, like, what, did, what do you think the band-aid meant? And I'm like, I think it was just a band-aid, bro. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, um, I, I mean, it's just, it's a relief that you and your mom joined Tarmy. Uh, that's oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, it, as, as I've been, it's, it's, I think, my favorite movie of the year. Wow, um, really interesting. We have not seen it, so uh, don't don't. If the, I don't know if there yeah. is a spoiler alert on Kate Tarby, Blanchett's but... in it. Sorry, yeah, to, Kate, to yeah, the, uh, yeah. spoiler. <laughs> um, Nina Haas is in it. That's yeah. another spoiler. On Hot um, Ones, uh, she says that me and Nina Haas play husband and wife. That was awesome. That was lovely. That's, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Well, she, there is a line when she goes up to this kid and says, I'm her, I, like when she's like talking to like about her child. She goes up to the yeah. kid and says, I'm Lydia Tarr. That's one. I, I, no, no. Well, she says, I'm what I forget her kid's name, but I'm her dad. And like in right. like, a very right. intimidating way. And it's yeah. just like, OK, wow. Um, you also get Mark Strong. I love when people try to make Mark Strong ugly. Mm-hmm. I think it's always hilarious or not ugly, but make him try not to look like Mark Strong. And it's just because they, you know, put, okay, what kind of fuck, what, what's the ugliest wig we, we, we can throw on? What's some makeup? What's a bad suit we can put him in? Let's throw some glasses on him. And then when you see him in the movie, you're just like, well, that's Mark Strong. <laughs> like, like yeah. you can't, like, the man looks like a Bond villain. You can't do much. He looks he like, has a like a sexy Bond glasses villain. and mustache. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He has like the most chiseled chin in Hollywood or whatever. Like, he has distinct facial features. You're not going to be like, oh, Oh, look at who is that, Ugo? It's like, no, that's Mark Strong. That's mm-hmm. obviously Mark Strong. Um, his voice doesn't help either, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I've been watching that I've been talking about, and door, and door, and door. It's so good. So good. I'm now campaigning Andy Circus to get a fucking Emmy. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Like I You're leading. You're Disney Plus yeah. is contacted. Yeah. I mean, and he would get like a guest Emmy because he's only like in a few episodes Disney. or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, he would like, and I'm, so I'm not even asking for like a supporting Emmy. I'm talking about like a guest feature or whatever they, like the thing that um, Margot Magandale, or it was, a, yeah, Margot Magandale won for the Americans, like that mm-hmm. kind of, like Emmy, where she's like, she's in like half the season. So she's not really a main cast member. Um, But no, I, it's, it's truly re- reinvigorated uh, Star Wars for me. Yeah, it's like it was becoming this tedious kind of just like, oh yeah, it's a new Disney Plus series. Okay, I'll watch it. All right, that was fine. Sure, mm-hmm. I like I was, and because of that, it really took you by surprise, like how much like it's well, it has regular. everyone. Everyone yeah. like yeah. I'm seeing people who are like, I'm done with Star <laughs> Wars. I don't want to watch it anymore. And then people watch the show and they're like, oh, it's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. legitimate. It's one of those things where, and I, I always, uh, I'm always careful not to overpraise any Disney products because I know what goes into them. But this is one of the one of their things where I'm just like, they they were cool with this one. Right? Like, there's this like hor- like this is like one of the more disturbing torture scenes I've seen in a minute from anything. And because I mean, it's not bloody or anything, but it's like this like real, and it's mostly just via actors. But it's just this really upsetting scene and i'm just like you y'all out this one this was <laughs> like this was this the mouse you know gave had that stamp of approval like boom set it out there we're good to go oh uh-huh. yeah all right this song this song's fun to me all right let's go um just and <laughs> i guess I it's think- like sort of the other direction that they're giving to creative authorship that even 
when you have things like torture scenes, you'd be like, yeah, that's good to go because it's just under the umbrella of of uh, creative freedom. Yeah, but it, it, it that's is. That's my guess. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's such, and or such like a, no one has real attachment to that character where I think that was the reason that they were like, that's yeah, true, sure, true. do what you want. Yeah. You're not going to anger anyone. It's like, that's not my Andor. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's, no one's like, hashtag not my Andor or whatever. Yeah. No one cares. Because he, he's like the third, second character of Rogue One. Yeah, he's one. like the second yeah. s- supporting character of Rogue One, the movie that people don't really okay, talk that, about. That's anymore. good to know. I was like, who's Andor? <laughs> right, exactly. That's it. That's I'm, sure, I'm sure like there's been a lot of who's Andor in... in- Diego Luna, he's looking hot. That's all you need to know. It's the right, two, two things. Okay, first of all, it's not Diego's not my favorite okay. in the in the Itumama universe. It's Gael all the way. Yeah, is Gael Garcia Bernal in 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 any of these Star Wars movies? No, he's no he was no Star Wars, but he was in the he was in the new Marvel thing that Giacchino directed. It was like a special. It was actually pretty good. He was great in it. Wait, what? I'm Marvel? also tired. Is it a Marvel show? It's a <laughs> they call it a special. This was like their Halloween thing. It's like an hour long. <laughs> It's Giacchino, your favorite guy, Laura. That's why I was curious. It's Giacchino, and like it's like an hour long, and it's like their Halloween special. It's in black and white, and they're trying to do like this like midnight madness and a midnight madness little thing that has a lot of great character actors in it. Wait, 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 Um, wait, wait. we need to go back because I'm like I'm I'm slow tonight. So the composer, yeah, he's direct. He directed. Yeah, yeah, he did a good job too. Okay, I just said no. He directed. That's great. Dude, oh, I think so that cool. I think this is like his first thing. That's the thing. It's kind of nice. Score is wonderful. Yeah, Laura's yeah. a big two score fan. <laughs> he's he's good. I like Jake. You know, I mean, he's you know, he's, he's, he's but have you heard the did he score? <laughs> I don't know if he scored it. That one wouldn't that be score, funny? Did he score Andor? Because I know no. he scored Rogue One. Do you know? Right. Do you want to guess who? Oh yeah, and his Rogue One score is pretty bad. Do you want to guess who's scoring Andor right now? It's one of your favorite composers, Jack. Oh, it's Nick Bertel. I just realized. It is Nicholas right. Bertel. Yeah. yeah. And he's doing That's a fantastic cool. job. Have you guys <laughs> done Vice? Have we done what? Vice? Vice, we haven't. Oh, you okay. love that score. Yeah, I love that score. That's Bertel. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good score. It's actually, I also, I also, I will defend that movie. So if you need someone to defend it. Interesting. It's, it is right. Yeah, it's, it's 2018. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's 2018. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I guess it was like Christmas. Something like that. Justin, yeah. and guess who's not going to be on that yeah. one? The other cows. <laughs> just, just. We have one empty chair. We have one empty chair. <laughs> I'm, I'm here if you need me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I uh, I hate that movie, but I. I will. I'm the only person who sticks up for Bale's performance in that. It's true. You do. That's always been your take. Now we have two defenders of Bale for Adam McKay for that. For some reason, (laughs) I'm like, I'll I'll stick up. I'm like, I'm okay with it. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) we don't need to relitigate Vice here. But uh... (laughs) that brings us to a separation. Um, Why don't? Why don't we? Yeah, Grace. I know. I know. It's just like I I think of these things like pre-planned. It seems like pre-planned um why don't you guys go first with your history with it how it came into your life your relationship with the the film
نه خیر ایشون نه معتاده نه مشکلی داره خیلی هم آدم خوب و سالمی پس برای چی میخواد رو بگیدم برای اینکه ایشون نمیخواد با من بیاد منم که شوندی اینجا پیشنهاد بده آقا چیکار کنم ایشون بهونه کرد من بهونه نکردم شما گفتی یه دلیل بیا من اجازه بده صحبت بفرمایید من الان تکلیفم چی میشه آقا هیچی بفرمایید سر زندگیتون خواب بود با در روش قفل کنی بری؟ داشت میمرد من رسیدم هر تو با این زنه امروز دعوا کردی؟ گفت زدیش تو من زدمش پس چه بردنش بیمارستان؟ بچه خانومی رو بردن امشب اینجا به اسم رازیه بچهش سفت شده چیکارش کردی مگه؟ شفاف توضیح بده آقا اتحامش مالان قتل I mean, I, we I watched it in when our son was first born, and I was like basically doing this thing where I had to bounce him on a ball, and I watched a lot of movies at three in the morning, and this was one of the ones I saw. And then I told Laura, I was like, "You're gonna need to watch this movie. It's very good." So then I had Laura watch it, and I think you were very tired. And then you know, I don't know how much of it you remembered or whatever. And then. I made it through. I mean, I, it's so compelling. So yeah. I, I actually, there were a lot of movies that you that you fell in love with during that. Yeah. Sort so of like, I also fell in love with love. Last Year at Marion Bad, and I was like, oh, hey, Laura, me. check out Last Year at Marion Bad, and she was asleep at like minute five. Yeah, that one didn't. That one, <laughs> I'm gonna need to have so much coffee before um, we marry in bad again. But this one, I was, I was really, I was really compelled. From I can just say, one. yeah, I can just say this. The thing I'm really interested to try to get to the bottom of is why this movie is so freaking good and mm. i think it's really interesting to just sort of unpack how successful farhadi is at every element and one in particular one of the things that i think the movie is unbelievably you know successful at is just crafting compelling characters and putting them in really really complicated situations where you feel empathy for every character even though every it's not like these characters are moral saints they all make mistakes but their mistakes are somehow like understandable and like follow from who they are as human beings and you seem to some and they like enrich the character like the character flaws are part of like what makes them so interesting and watchable and but also at the same time you're also like yeah i could see myself being stuck in a situation like this um and it seems so real so I'm really interested in trying to figure out like how he's able to pull that off because it's also a movie that's like pretty not showy. There's very mm. little like it doesn't call attention to itself. It very it could have easily been a play. Um, yeah, it's very dialogue driven. And yes, super. Yeah. Um, yeah. And anyway, I think like just sort of like trying to figure out that. And then I so I do think it's like mostly successful because of the writing. Of course, the acting is also incredible. Um, 
but yeah, that's my main thing. It's like, I just think it's like, I do, for me, this is my favorite movie of 2011. Um, and interesting. That was also Roger Ebert's favorite movie. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I did not read Ebert's review, but mm-hmm. uh, I suspect I will agree with it. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I really did. Um, that, you know, it was one of these like mind blowing things where I left when I finished watching the movie, I was like, I immediately wanted to rewatch it. it and, yeah. and that happens to me infrequently, actually quite infrequently. And um, when it happens, it's incredible. I feel it's a really special experience. And weirdly, I will say one more thing. The, uh, despite this movie being an incredible, like having at its core and centrally compelling and incredibly fraught conflict, which can give some people a, a tummy ache, as Laura might say, I find it like comforting to watch. There's something weirdly comforting watching this movie because I, in, in particular, I, I, we don't need to talk about this right now, but like the scenes in the court, I find actually quite comforting, despite the fact that they are like people at extreme odds who are really unhappy with each other, who are really yelling at each other and so on. But there's something that like makes me feel like I could watch this for like 20 hours straight and I wouldn't be upset or anything. Justin, I had the same reaction as crazy. It's the same. That is crazy. Okay, you guys are I fucking think, nuts. I know. I know. We are freaks. Can we, this is fucking, why we're together. We are such insane. dorks. That's such a crazy take. I'm sorry. That's insane. I had, I had a very similar. Uh, sorry, Laura. What was that? Oh, I was also just going to point out, like, Justin watches Squid in the Whale. He describes it like it's like an Adam McKay. It's a comedy. Like, com- like, like early Adam McKay back when he was funny. Um, the movie is like, like you're going like to laugh every 10 seconds. You'll be laughing. Yeah. And and that movie gives me a and it's like I don't know It's Baumbach's like meanest, like, I hate my parents kind of. Yeah, no, that's very funny. You know what but movie no, is not and- funny? A separation. Not There are not a <laughs> lot of go- jokes that's in this one. True. No, there's not a lot of jokes, not a very bit heavy movie. But for me, I think it comes down to, and I had a similar reaction to when I saw Lincoln again for the pod and thought that it was like all the, and similarly, you know, uh, they're only a year apart. So maybe that has something to do with it, that they're in a very, they occupy a similar space in the decade that these actors are very soft-spoken. Their line readings for the most part, aren't like at a loud volume, the color power is very muted. Their con the conflict is is very like adult driven, meaning like it's a lot of minutia about how to solve problems, but they come at a very slow pace. Um, there's no right or wrong answer. So these problems have to be really mapped out. I I I think this movie is soothing. Like I could I and I I I think this one stands apart in that regard to uh about LA to the salesman, because I think this one just has a very specific color palette and that also plays a large part into it you know what's my favorite kind of movies and that soothes me and calms me down is when they have a big plot line about a miscarriage that's always just my favorite <laughs> i just I, I just like it's like dipping into a hot bath i'm just like ah listen um that's nuts that, like unlock that for me though for why maybe you guys find it soothing and i don't when you said adult driven i think maybe it's like maybe you guys are adults and I still don't know how to adult. And so all that minutia. Just I'm like, with you. I'm soft. with you. You and me work together on this. I just right. don't. Yeah. I'm, 
I'm just perplexed. Um, yeah. But no, I also I also want to say, Jack, if anyone ever accuses you of not being an original thinker, you got to send them the clip of you comparing a separation to Lincoln. <laughs> and like I anyone who ever accuses you of that, you just got to send that clip and say, fuck you, because that was uh, <laughs> that was ballsy, my friend. But you also you always compare me about being an original, so I guess you're just gonna get this clip. Oh man, uh, I'm not that mean to you. I mean, I'm mean, but I'm not that. <laughs> no, it's a good comparison because, yeah. because yeah. I think um, you know, both are movies where there's conflict, and the resolution of the conflict is people in a room talking. Mm-hmm. And yes. I think that is, um, you know, something that I think in American cinema in general, it's hard. I don't know. I think there's something about Iranian cinema in in just in general that they're there and and maybe it's about the justice system but like the that there's this kind of desire and felt like i don't know optimism that you can just you can hash stuff out you just yeah. sit around in a room mm-hmm. and you'll get to the bottom of it and some people you know nobody's going to leave necessarily happy but you'll hash it out and of course that's at the core of american democracy and that's what you're seeing in lincoln is like people compromising and horse trading and all the things that go into the passage of a of a bill or a, the in the case of Lincoln the like sustaining of a country um and it's all the things that are like totally absent from american culture right now right american culture now is just like yeah. kill your opponent compromise nothing there's no sense of like shared fate and shared union i mean there's some actually i should i should never speak because of course the election results are now in and and they've have repudiated a lot of the like or scorched earth politics of of at least the republicans but it's on both sides i mean you you see this kind of um you know intransigent wow. political stances that people take and um and it's just nice to see people like getting to the in a way getting to the bottom of it you know i mean like they they don't it it isn't yeah it's not like they do resolve anything but it, there's mm-hmm. a kind of like i'll just give you one example sorry to just monopolize this but I, like there's a moment when um there are two moments that i think encapsulate like the humanity inside of this movie so one is when um Razier has like accused nader and uh of murder right now of, of causing her miscarriage and so they're in the courtroom scene and the judge is now like you got it you're going to jail like you're accused of murder so now you're going to jail and he's pleading with the judge nader is pleading with the judge saying well i got to take care of my father how am i going to do this and there's this moment when razier looks over at him like knowingly and like with sympathy in her eyes she's like oh crap what have i done and then that same moment is reversed when he accuses her of her harming his her his his dad and and then uh hojad her husband is like that throws him into a rage and then he is going to be imprisoned um i don't i guess for like pissing off the judge or whatever and and then she's pleading with the judge to give him forgiveness and nader now is the one leaving and he looks over with that same look of like empathy and sympathy towards Mm. her and and that's he actually you know that's when he goes over and begs the judge for forgiveness to say hey, look mm-hmm. you know, give this guy a second chance but i think that it's those little moments where yeah. they're these people are deadlocked in their conflicts and yet they have that humanity for one another so for me that's what like makes this movie it like puts it over the top it's not just an intractable conflict but it's like an intractable conflict among people who have a decency and humanity at their core mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's because like it doesn't reach the point of melodrama. It's deeply human. And like we already said, it's the and it's theatrical. Like it's you could you could have a separation turn into a play. Um, of course, like the the big difference is like the it's it's an Iranian, it's in uh, it's subtitled that we can't just like close our eyes and, and hear the words. We have to just see them. And because we have to see the words as well there's all this, there's all these clues for visual language to, to make its way into also like what the actors are saying. And with that moment, you get the relatability with both these families. Like, I think they're both like the same, they're both going through class struggles and they both have a daughter to, to take care of. And, and he's realizing like, okay, if Nadir, you know, if, if he goes through with this lie that can only save him for so much time and he needs to be there for his daughter, but also he realizes that, um, you know, everybody has a family to take care of ultimately. And it's, it's, um, it's a, I think it's like, ultimately as, as a parent, do you, do you look out for yourself or others and how much can you actually do that? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the central conflicts of the film is like, you have the, these, these two families who are insulated and looking out for each other fundamentally and in, 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 in the first point, but then and they're divided from one another because they're divided socioeconomically, right? Nadir's middle class and Razier's lower class. Um, they're also divided religiously. Nadir's much more secular and Razier and Hajat are, are more fundamentalist. Um, and these, but these divisions don't, although they like keep these people at odds, that they can sort of find commonality and recognize that despite their differences, they are still both human beings. Mm -hmm. And I get, I think again, what's under that is underscored by the relationship between Terme and, um, and uh, Rezia's daughter. What's Somaya? Her, Somaya, yeah. Somaya. Her, her daughter, like, they are constantly like connecting. They're gravitating towards each other. Right. They want to make that bridge. They want to be friends, yeah. not really friends, but they, they like enjoy each other's company. And it's telling, I think in that really final scene, there's like a coda scene, but the final scene I think is the the scene where the the money is being exchanged and the like final shot of the final scene is the two of them looking at each other, the glance mm -hmm. that they share. And I think recognizing that, and it's, but it's bittersweet because I think there's a recognition that they will not be able to be friends, that they are ultimately separated um, and they can't bridge that gulf. But the, but I think the movie's constantly sort of asking us, can we bridge these gulfs? Can we bridge these divides and see one another as human beings as, you know, in, and, that's such a potent lesson like for today, right? Where, where there's like, where we talk about like division and this is like the kind of thing that, how do we get past these divisions in our country? And is like America gonna remain a country? Can, can we sustain this democracy? And I think like finding ways of recognizing our shared humanity and our shared fate and so on is like essential to that. And, um, and so anyway, that's partly why I think just to build on what you're saying, Jack, like this is why I feel like the movie is so uh, comforting is that like, despite all these differences, there are these moments of shared humanity um, between all of, all of the characters. Yeah, this is a way for, for my relationship with the film that I saw this in a high school film class for world cinema when I was a senior, senior in high school. Um, it was instantly blown away. This was, it was my first exposure to Asghar Farhadi and what my I think one of my favorite high school teachers like gave us like a really wonderful introduction to set this up like this is like it, the movie like instantly in 2011 got so much praise and, and really like emphasized that like this is a renowned piece of work 
and, and I think our class tree as, as such, as I remember, like I was, I was in, um, I was in that class with a few friends and it was like, and we were all like, wow, this is like pretty powerful, like arresting stuff. There was this one friend who was like a known, you know, troublemaker uh, in our class. And, and he was like, really, I think he liked it, but he was like very vocal about like expressing how he liked it. And he was like, are you kidding me? And he would throw out like, come on now. And he would throw out like things like that when, when characters movie. would, yeah, during the film, like in that, in that <laughs> scene with the, with the judge, Justin, like he would be like, listen to her. Like he would throw one of those things where it's like, I think he was one of those yeah yeah just like starting things and it was one of those audience members where it's like he has to vocalize what he's what he's uh thinking and that was that really made it a lot more fun than um oh, yeah. than it ultimately could have been when you're surrounded by, by high schoolers but uh no the the, the film is is brilliant i think that participatory nature i probably do, did that too like at certain yeah. points and in, in the in those in those scenes and i think it is like something fundamental about like the iranian justice system which some feels like it like keeps it's like often plays an important role in some of these films what is For it sure. close up in close I- up in kirstami's mm, yeah yeah and so i like i there's actually a new yorker article that like explains what like why iran's legal system is is like so unique but it i mean it's it's obviously a hybrid of civil law and sharia law but i guess in the pre-revolutionary uh, revolutionary era of iran they the leader had instituted the french style inquisitorial legal system as opposed to the British style adversarial system. And so what we're watching is not actually a judge, but an investigator. They're in the like mm-hmm. the investigative stage. And so that's why there's no lawyers there. They, I guess in Ron, they guarantee lawyers for the trial stage, but actually you don't have it for this particular stage. And it does feel like a much more participatory, open-ended invest, like truly like an, an investigative phase where like everybody's just kind of hashing it out and it does i think you like draw you in too as a viewer where you you feel like you're in that room with them and mm-hmm. you're trying to s- sort this out too because also as you you know the information is revealed in pieces as it is to some of the characters to us as the viewers and you're just you're trying to figure out what's going on but you're also trying to figure out like regardless of what happened like what is right to do in mm-hmm. this situation yeah, you're exactly a judge or investigator or whatever mm-hmm. yeah and even if the morality isn't even that black and white, it just, it makes for such a more, uh, in, it makes for such a, you know, questionable story. Because even if Nadir did lie about knowing about the pregnancy, it's like that, I think that that does serve him well, but it's, but then like, that's also a, um, it's also a formative time for Tamara because she's like, well, she's she's learning about she's like 11 12 in the film and she's like learning about how adults process the truth and and what the the um misleading information can benefit it's great yeah it's really interesting i know i struck me harder this time around that she's 11 Mm. i don't know about you yeah, but same. I'd say 11, 12 were my, maybe the, some of the worst years of my life. I mean, each, yeah, 12 <laughs> I, into, into 13, perhaps the worst. 11 is hard. 11 Could is you hard. imagine like being 11, 12 and go, like, like viewing your parents like, go through this? That's crazy. Uh, and, and like, they're going to divorce, no less. Like we start with the separation. Like she wants to leave the country and he wants to stay here and take care of his father. That could honestly like be a compelling narrative on its own and and then we get this uh this uh narrative with the caretaker um and i i feel like i give films this compliment too much to where it's almost like lost its meaning 
I feel like you could see the film through any character's eyes and it still will possess this this power that it does seeing the film through Nadir's eyes uh, and everybody has their own story going on. I think like if you have something like this that's so well-rounded or inorganic, it's just like, it's an easy sell to, to, to have for me. That's like not an original compliment, but just to, you know, just to reemphasize. It's totally apt here though. Like yeah. that's the thing. People might say that, maybe you might say that about other films, but I think in this case, it is like in a, it is an exactly spot on um, compliment. And, and, you know, the, um, I think, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. That's Absolutely. Great. <laughs> Thanks. Um, my relationship with the film, it's, a, it's similar to Jack. I saw it in a film class. It was in college in 2019. It was, you know, we watched 12 movies and this was, this was like, I think halfway through, maybe a little less than that. Um, it's super interesting this, that this one made it both onto our rubric or, uh, syllabuses that I've yeah, this like, was, heard from other film professors that they've assigned this mm-hmm. this is like a, this is one that people like to assign i'm curious though why you're yeah find it yeah saying it's like both of ours like um i think it's i think if i were to guess like it's accessible it's genuinely like the filmmaking is great um it, it's it's specific to its country but also like it can be applied to to anybody in a conflict that involves multiple people well i think it's also film professors giving their pets pat on their back like oh i didn't reckon i you know i didn't assign an asian or french film like i didn't assign an european or asian film i was like oh look at me i mean i'm not this sounds more critical than it is but the idea of just kind of like flushing out like you like just kind of tell people hey you know they're make they make movies in the middle east right you guys know that because no one talks about that enough so here's an right and and also like i think that's an interesting point because iran is uh almost like it's become a like a film enthusiast country sure. of sort because like kirstami is like that's a big name to people who investigate other countries in film but maybe not to an average an average viewer who may know him by name um so i watched it in film class i was gonna write so in that film class we had to choose like either a little more than half or like or or like half the films we watched we had to write a paper on and the paper were just like essay or like uh, uh analysis of like specific scenes and shots and just like the filmmaking aspect of it all um and I think I was gonna do this one I wrote a bunch of notes for it um but I, I think I decided the last minute not to I didn't feel like I had like a real strong take um and so I think I remember that I I, I I don't have my notes anymore. I don't know where I, I, I thought I saved them, but might have deleted them. But um, I remember a big part of the thing, the notes I was writing was its use of mirrors and windows and the kind of the, yeah. the this distortion of the door, view. that plastic green door. Like, oh, yes, if you, that and, really ratchets up the tension for me. Yeah. And that in how it distorts point of view and um you know you, and just how, like how people frame things and the idea of you know it's not really like a Rashomon effect but everyone's unique point of um interpretation of events and how you know it's very important to hear every single side of the story even though it could be distorted um 
but this is one of the few movies I did not watch, rewatch before the podcast. And one hand, I was struggling on time. And on the other hand, I just, I, I, I think the movie is incredible. I just didn't want to watch it again. There's something to me about marital issues that are so, that can be very, that are so simple, but people are so stubborn. And, and, and it's realistic because I think there's just a lot of like, I think sometimes marriages can come down to a real basic problem of just commitment to an I, the idea or like commitment to the bond itself. And obviously there's extenuating circumstances with this dad, but he's so stubborn in how he, he's just so set in his ways about how he views like the family dynamics and stuff that it just honestly makes me uncomfortable and you know in a good way but it just it it frustrates me and I understand his point of view and I'm not saying he's like a villain but there's this it's just that kind of thinking that I I'm just it's just an antithesis to who I am as a person Mm -hmm. um and I just and I also remember the movie very vividly even though it was three years ago um it's still it's stuck with me um it's just very so it's funny just when you guys like say it was like coming to watch just like i'm very uncomfortable watching that movie Fair enough. Um, no, totally. it is interesting as we're talking about how when it comes to like the big event of the potential of like the miscarriage and what events led to that and how people are being very sympathetic towards each other and they're trying to like you know, they're trying to figure something out. They're trying to figure a way to resolve the situation. Um, that to me, it's just, that's very much like the opposite of how their marriage is working itself out. There is no real middle ground. I mean, that's the whole point. At the end of the day, it's a binary choice, him or her. That's mm-hmm. what the whole ending is about. And so that idea of like, it, it's interesting how it applies to something as, high stakes and complicated and as like a criminal investigation or a criminal act but when it becomes just the connection and bond of two people who have created the child who created a home and how they're so they've reached the end of their rope where it just can't be worked out anymore it is either him or her you know me or you know me or the other person they or them it's just this very like I'm not saying it's black and white obviously they both have very detailed and subjective point of views on just what how they want to resolve the situation but at the end of the day the girl's given a choice and it's either him or her do you think and, that's a contradiction of, contradiction of the film that if ultimately Farhadi is is saying that what begins and ends the film is is this decision of Tamara to choose either her mom and dad but that's such a binary um, decision rather than what happens with the caretaker. I, I'm not and... saying it's, a, I, I'm not trying to say it's a criticism. Okay. I think that it's just it, at some time, but I think just that's what happens at the end of the day. A lot of time, you know, with marriage, you would think there would be more room to cooperate and more room to um, come together and figure something out than again, like an accused a, a crime or like a, a person who's been accused of a crime and the person accusing them of that crime. You would think that 
that marriage would be easier to work with than something as dramatic and life-threatening as mm-hmm. like a phys- like physical violence. Mm-hmm. But, but you would think there'd be more cooperation. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think you're putting your finger on, I think, like actually an incredibly like fraught and deep point about not just this movie, but like life in general, which is like exactly the movie like reveals to us, which is that if you look at what happens in the movie, it's like a mess. There's so much gray area, right? There's mm. you're like, I don't know. I feel a little bit, you know, if you were to ask people, what are your sympathies? You'd be like, you know, 45% this guy and 20%, right. you know, it's like, you can't be like, yes, no. And then in the end, because um, uh, Terme has to make a choice and it's a binary choice. You have to take all this fuzzy stuff and turn it into a binary. And how do we do that? Yeah. That I think is like the the most, you know, uh, frustrating thing about like living, right? Is that you have all these feelings, they're all conflicting. And nonetheless, at the end of the day, you just have to act, you have to choose and it's a binary. You don't get to like act 50% this way and 45% that way or whatever. You have to just make a choice, which is 100% one way or the other. And, and it's the people we put in those positions to make that choice is also so indicative of how unfair this shit is. It's like she did nothing and she is given this like, she is either gonna like she has to, she has to basically break one of her parents' heart. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. It's a she has ultimate. to take it and break it and step on it and just smush it. Like she yeah. has to pretty much obliterate one of her parents, even though she did nothing to like none of this is on her. And we think that it's hard as a viewer, it, or rather, like it's hard as. A character in the film but it's even it's just as difficult as a viewer we i mean it's hard to comprehend whether or not nadir actually pushed Raza. it it becomes it, i mean the way that it's shot and farhadi directs it, it it's murky and we can't we can't say that we as an audience know it and the characters don't we i think we are given just as much information and it's quickly um cut together just as much as it is for nadir um, and also it's, and it's a uh, thing of like, who took the money is the, the movie. It's not like it forgets about it, but that becomes like the seventh or eighth issue that the characters deal with. Um, and it's, uh, you know, ultimately to pay the movers that it's not, it, it was never told to Nadir that it's like, it yeah. was just like taken from the bureau or, or, or whatever. And, and it wasn't really thought of that's, it's fascinating, but yeah. It's like the, you know, you take this thing, which all the characters have imprecise information about. Even Rezier, who 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 had the miscarriage, has no idea when it you happened. When you lose your yeah. She has no idea. Yeah. We're all unclear about everything, right? There are some things which were like, we have feelings, some things which we just don't know. And then we have to choose. And what I think is also kind of interesting, so like that's obviously our choice. And it's like our perspective as the viewer which is the same as the perspective of all the characters, which is also the same as the perspective of the investigator slash judge guy who's having right. to make a verdict. Right. And I think that's like, that's also the same thing that happens in the legal system in general, which is the legal system has to issue a bi- roughly binary verdict. I mean, there are gradations in terms of this, how strong the sentence is, mm-hmm. but ultimately binary verdict, either to incarcerate someone or not, based on all this in imprecise information and, in, you know, on half truths and things that people are all, 
interpreting in different ways. And, you know, we're, we're kind of always in this situation and it's inc- what a frustrating situation to be in, but in a way it's just like the human condition that we're mm. like forced, we're forced to like make these choices uh, and not know everything and ultimately make them, you know, take a risk, right? At every mm-hmm. point we're having to take a risk and also not just take a risk because you might, it's not might be like you get it right or you get it wrong, but you just have to do something impossible. Like, like uh, Clay, as you said, like uh, with uh, Terme at the end, the impossible Sophie's choice at the end of the film is like the heartbreaking moment of, you know, of like, for me of like the last, you know, 25 years, it's just like an unbelievably gut-wrenching moment where, and then she has to ask her parents to leave because she can't even do it in their presence. Um, and I'm kind of thankful the film doesn't actually show us her choice. Yeah, right. I, you know, it would I feel cruel. I don't want to know. And so many kids have had to do this in life in general. Is just that choice you're given at such a young age when there is no clear villain, where you're not like, well, my dad sucks and my mom's pretty cool. Like there is no just clear fucking answer, and you have to make that choice. You have to crush at eleven your parents soul you have to hurt them so deeply that it will affect them for the rest of their life and and just imagining to make that choice at like 11 I don't I would crumble and I have no idea how I would get past that I don't know what because that will that that will be a part of your inner being for the rest of your life that decision and you're given it and for no good reason it's fucking I think that's also why I didn't want to rewatch it it's just because I can't I just don't want to even ponder that situation I don't want to even be a part of that because it's so devastating and it's so unfair to her and I and om- and you almost feel complicit in the situation as you're watching mm. at least I do you almost feel like you somehow could have like could have done something to avoid it because it's all of these moving parts and all of these separate decisions. And as someone who, you know, as you're, since you're the objective viewer, so to speak, you feel like at any moment you could just jump into the movie and be like, guys, 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 let's figure this out. Okay, let's sit down. Okay, this is your problem. This is your problem. Let's, let's like really get to the core of it, but you can't. And so you feel like you haven't done enough as a person to even help her out. And help not this, only help this relationship. And not only are you an objective viewer, but Farhadi is an, an objective filmmaker here, not right. really judging one side or taking another. Um, just seeing these people as, as actually complex uh, characters who are just doing their best. I, I think that's how I've always seen um, Nadir's character. That he's always just trying to like do what's right in the moment. Yes, behaving selfishly and maybe not thinking of the best interests at the time when it really counted at first, but then starting to slowly realize like everyone is, my decisions are affecting everybody and I need to think about uh, tomorrow first. But I I do, like like Justin said, I do see where you're coming from, uh, that you you feel like you're you're a part of this situation for better and for worse because like, you're rewatching in your viewing and in the way that you that you think about the film, it it affects you because because you know where it's going and, yeah. and it really just feels like this impending doom that is leading to this decision and it's just like oh, well on top of I, all this I, <laughs> we have to I, choose a side. 
Yeah, I agree with all this. I, I I do think, though, that like I feel impotent as a viewer because I don't really feel like there's anything I can do because and that's a mm. testament, I think, to his filmmaking, which is that, you know, he's motivated these characters so sufficiently that uh, even if it was revealed, say, that she didn't, Rezia didn't steal, like the things that where there are flaws, right? Like, so Nadir doesn't realize that Rezia didn't take the money and so on. But even if that's revealed, he's not going to pay the money to um write to her he's 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 like i don't want to admit wrongdoing and then you know i guess one thing that could resolve it is if we knew what actually caused the miscarriage um mm. but i think that there's still this like there are layers to this because you know if you reveal that but nonetheless um Rezier still thinks she's she's been insulted by being accused of stealing the money that like that needs to be you know that's like the one of the big motivators for her right is like is defending her honor and and um and that's why she returns and that's what like in you know partly is what instigates ultimately her being shoved away from the from the uh, apartment and i think like that and that's what gets her husband involved, I think, is also exactly. coming to our defense. Yeah, yeah, coming to our defense. So it's like there's just mm. so many layers where I'm just like, I don't know if I could unpack this. As if you know, even mm. though I know kind of right. all of the things, I'm sort of like, I, I, every motivation. It's just like a, it's a little bit like, um, you know, it's it's a moral dilemma in the sense that there is no sort of good answer. There's just a bunch of bad answers, but you have to choose among the bad answers, and there's not any like, um you know way of being like well this is the least bad of those bad answers it's just like they're just all bad and it's kind of just sometimes we get stuck with bad choices like this and that's just a sucky situation in life what else can we do except find the kind of humanity in one another to sort of see that we are we have like we're all, all sort of in this together right and i that's yeah. one thing that i think the movie kind of is at pains to sort of simultaneously create a situation in which these characters are in an impossible situation but also humanize them and i oh that's absolutely what I love so much about it and that, that's what brings that's what really like that's what has the film linger with me yeah. um oh gosh when was that <laughs> like uh uh four years four or five years ago and and it was like the story and i think we'll when we cover the salesman for for when it he goes back and wins another oscar for best international feature you know, he makes these stories that are so simple and in sort of like a one or two sentence description on the surface, but then they start to slowly the reveal these characters' motivations and and um and mindsets about what how they view each other and how they view themselves. And I just that's like the kind of drama that that will really draw me in because it, it it just feels so authentic. Um and and, and it feels so authentic and, and effortless. Like it doesn't have to feel like contorting itself to feel natural. It just, it just sort of like it lets the story play out, and um, it doesn't really do anything to subvert itself. Do you guys have you guys read the the recent New Yorker article about a hero? Yes. Um, oh, I, is I was it about the court case? Would, yes. Yeah. I, so, I haven't. So I haven't read. When was that? Because I haven't heard any updates since. It was earlier this year. Ago. Yeah, just a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, but but one of the things that comes out of that is so in the article, um, one of Farhadi's students accuses him who attended some um, 
workshop. workshop with him, yeah, accused him of stealing the idea for a hero from her. And she made this documentary about this guy and the plot of the documentary is basically the same as the plot of a hero, his, his latest film. And um, a movie and, I like, which, you know, it's, I also like, help it. Lot, uh, so. yeah, yeah. Um, but like the article, like that's like the splashy headline of the article. Um, but like the article then like goes into great detail that including about this film, actually, about all of these incidences in which Farhadi collaborated in some loose way with certain people and then didn't give them any credit later on. Um, and yet the people who they spiel the 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 writer of the article, Rachel Rachel Aviv, she spoke to are besides this one person who's who's been suing him um speak largely glowingly of farhadi and are sort of willing to forgive this they they sort of describe it like he's a uh, he's like a genius and that that right. he, he needs this material from other people and it's like a character flaw of his but a forgivable one that he then refuses to credit them <laughs> right and so it's very interesting like that that yeah. they the all these people have this very complex relationship with him but the other thing i think is really interesting about it is that you know he writes these stories and these movies about these people that like flesh out these characters and make them really feel like real people and maybe part of the reason he's able to do that is that he's this sort of strangely empathetic person who needs to like absorb other people. And then, you know, that's part of his process. He brings these like stories in and like lives in them to the point where then he seems maybe unwilling to think that he just becomes mm -hmm. convinced they're his. That they're his, right? Yeah. That these ownership becomes blurry. An empathetic yeah. narcissist. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And I think that's really yeah. interesting, right? Because it's the same kind of contradiction that you see in each of his characters in all of his films, right? None of them are perfect, right? They're all complex. They all have good parts of them and bad parts of them. And it's really interesting that the article like brings that out in Farhadi himself, that he's this guy who has like incredible qualities, but also these like deep flaws. Mm -hmm. Isn't it true? And, I, and again, I heard like whenever that story came out, it's the last time I really heard about it. Um, is it true that if he's found he's he's found guilty, he goes to jail, but if he is found not guilty, the accuser goes to jail? Is that it was not clear to, in the article, but uh, mm -hmm. what they said was that if he's found guilty, all or a great portion of the proceeds of a hero will go to her. And right. if she, I didn't know what would happen if 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 he is not found because I think I heard I or I, I might have heard that and again I I'm gonna fact check it in a second but because I don't want to say something super false but I remember hearing that on Twitter or something and just kind of like that's another kind of like real binary thing it's like either like it's he wins or she wins I mean um, he had he has countersued her for defamation so it could be that that's what's right. what's part of this. Um, so that and it's interesting because it's like no matter what who wins in this is like it's just kind of a loss in general because it's like none of them should go to prison for this mm -hmm. and it's just like real just fucking like it's almost like you just wish the situation just did not happen in the first place because there's just like well someone's gonna lose big time if this yeah. happens 100%. and of course let me, like let me make sure yeah the question is like 
what it, I mean, it's getting meta now, but like, what's the sacrifice for a great body of work? Like Farhadi is one of the most celebrated uh, filmmakers to come out of Iran or, or any country in like the 21st century. And it's it's like, I I have a whole section of my notes about the praise for a separation. Like it's, it, it was instant to see how much glowing reception it had and, and people just, it didn't take much time at all to to see like this is a very impressive piece of work and yet it's like we see these new developments this year and we're like and clay puts it very very well like the empathetic narcissist that he just can't help but be creative this way i guess yeah well it it, it, it was hard for me to like feel like i had any sense of how to judge this kind of thing is that what is described sounds like kind of standard writing process it's a lot of like flow of ideas are going back and Mm -hmm. forth i mean the case of the student is much more extreme because you made this documentary and the you know so many details like at one point i'll just say this at one point she takes the subject of the documentary and has him go to a screening of a hero which he does not telling him anything and at the end he's like crying and is like that's my life story so it's like it's pretty extreme but but, but but in other cases, it's more like these guys are like hanging out together. He tells them a story. And then later that story sort of is the germ of this movie. And, and you know, I mean, how many times could, could we say that for a lot of writers? Probably. Yeah. It, it, it's tricky. It's hard to see this. The issue is that it seems to be this repeated thing. And there's this kind of repeated, um, you know, in refusal to give any kind of credit right of course under pressure he does end up giving credit to some people here and there but never really giving story by credit or screenplay credit and that kind of thing and and it is so that's like but it's gray like with all these Farhadi movies it's like this weird gray area and what I take away from the article but again this is just one perspective is that he's kind of like Nader like a little bit willing to finesse that gray area to his advantage when it's Mm -hmm. fruitful for him. And, you know, I mean, but can I like fault him for that? We all do that, right? We all, Mm -hmm. when it's more easy to interpret the gray part in our favor, we kind of go that way. Right. So, but but I I feel bad to plagiarize. And it's (laughs) almost that. that. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I did some fact check, fact checking. You were correct in the idea that since he countersued for defamation, so if he's proven innocent in the plagiarism case, that means by default that she is, you know, then the defamation case is guilt. She is guilty for defamation. And so it's one of those things that just by the virtue of if he's guilty, jail time for plagiarism. If he's not guilty, then jail time for defamation for her. So that's and that's so tragic and feels so avoidable. If he just get well, one, if she just if she just got that fucking credit and yeah. now one of these people is going to go to go for go to jail for something that just feels so avoidable. And it's interesting because it's like to me and maybe this is me being very binary about my interpretation of their marriage in the film and a separation. It's like I also think that was I think putting their daughter in that situation was very avoidable. I think that was a that was something that they could have avoided if they be, became if they were. I don't want to be too critical because this, you know, it, obviously it's an issue. 
that has multiple layers to it. But it does feel like if they just did some adulting and realized how damaging this would be for their child, if they if they put her if they put her in a situation to make this decision, that they would probably figure something figure a way out. Yeah. At least in my if I was a parent, I would try to avoid that situation as much as humanly possible. Just absolutely just figure some reason to figure out any way I would be crawling I'd be so desperate to make sure she was never put in a situation of choosing between one person or the other I guess for me like I I mean yeah it's totally fair and valid um and and another way to to look at this I think it just makes it all the more gripping that it's just another layer on top of the core of the situation that you have other layers outside of it that it's their divorce and the need to have Nadir take care of Tama and be like, I need you to, I need to be the dad and I need to like take care of you. Um, while like the, the need to just take on the world is, is, is what's causing all these people um, so much needless drama, but, but yet it's just one person's stubbornness that's at the root of all of it. Yeah. I think what's so the, the, if the comforting part of this movie is the communication that's happening in the courtroom, even if it's antagonistic at times, like the, maybe I find comfort and the fact that they're hashing it out and all talking to one another and, and trying to actually get to the, to the, to the root of something, there's no communication in the relationship between Samin and Nadir. And that's, and mm. Terme is working so hard to make them have that communication. Mm. Um, and, um, and like, she's, she's like constantly prodding. Did you ask him? Did you talk to him? Mm-hmm. She's doing this, you know, Sumin like leaves and maybe it's going to be for two weeks. Maybe it's going to be for more. They're like, not, they're playing games with one another. At one point, I think Sumin even goes in to tell Terme to tell her like to talk to like do to say something on behalf of her because she won't even mm-hmm. talk to Nadir in the house. That's right. And, yeah. and, you know, and Terme is just trying to get them to get in a room and try to hash something out. It might be, you know, sometimes just relationships, there is no way forward together, but I, I totally agree that like, there's that it didn't need to come to this, to just like putting their daughter in a room to say like him or her, you know, <laughs> Iran or, or us, what are we doing here? <laughs> it's up to you, girly. You're, you're almost 12. <laughs> you know, that's, 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 but it's, it's so frustrating. All those moments of, yeah, just so hard to get them to communicate um but you know the the system that is that is promoting communication in the case of the civil case in the case of the of the of the dispute about the about the miscarriage it's just like they go to a to a judge in the very beginning to try and work out their issue more in a binary sense just to be like divorce or no can we get a divorce yes or no and that's that system is not working for them they have to actually have that communication with each other or they're not doing Mm -hmm. it yeah, and what's really crushing is like you can see between Samina and Nadir, like there's still some kind of spark there. I think in Better. the very beginning that it's it's just a disagreement that one wants to stay in or and wants one wants to leave, and it's because of that that then this what develops over the course of the film. It's like then that's what like really ends their marriage, and and um, when they're when they're together at the very end and the very beginning it's like they're incomplete um i mean literally like the the camera is framing them like divide divide divided by that wall um in the waiting room 
uh, even if we begin with a divorce, we somehow end with like something worse with our daughter choosing a side. It's, it's all terrible. It's, you know. No, and I think back like they got the visas 18 months ago, and I don't know. Yeah, like, that's right. Like maybe like a year and a half ago, they were in a different place. They had a dream. They yeah. were going to go somewhere else, and then but things change. I mean, Terme even says, I mean, it it that uh, Simin was was ready to come back. She had all the stuff in the car. She mm-hmm. was ready to she was ready to go, but they won't other. do it. I mean, I think what it comes down to at the end is they do realize it's like a sad thing that we are we're not just watching the beginning of a divorce. We're sort of watching the process of a separation occur. Mm. Them learning, ah, you know what? Like this person who I thought I could live with, I actually can't. You know, they're they're learning that about one another, and and that comes out in like the the sort of their conflict between the pragmatism of Simeon and like just pay the money. Like you can afford this. They need the money anyway. So like, just pay it. You're like a good, like probably, you know, liberally Middle East, uh, sorry, middle, um, middle-class guy, right? Like just, just pay it. And he's like, no, I refuse because that would be on principle because that would be an admission of guilt. I didn't do this. And I think I, he's like got all this evidence that he didn't, he didn't do it now because at that point he knows that uh, Rezier has been to the doctor and um, so he already has his suspicions that he, if yeah, he might have pushed her, and but he's like, I did not cause this miscarriage. She was yeah, she he still her. assaulted her. It, it's yeah. like, right, still his yeah. hands were on her. Like we saw that part. Hands like, were on her, but he doesn't yeah. want to admit though that the, the the actual charge, which was murder. And, no, yeah, and he yeah. and yeah. so he's sort of like, and and that's that is this like impossible conflict, right? They're like, <laughs> what do you do? Do you want to compromise that? I know your honor in that case because it's pragmatically beneficial for you and your family. Damien right. would say, "Yeah," and 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 Nadir's like, "No," and I think they just realize in that kind of those two conversations that take place in the kitchen, this isn't going to work. There's just no way. Like you know, th- this is like a fundamental divide between us, and which is so. I mean, obviously, super unfortunate because now, but it also is as you put it, Laura. Like I mean, some people just can't be together, unfortunately. Yeah, I think we we're talking about or Jack, you were kind of mentioning how successful and how instantly celebrated this movie was, especially by American audiences. And also why maybe, you know, why would so many different film classes teach this film um, besides like the filmmaking aspect? Um, like, yeah, like why, if, it, if they just wanted to do Iranian film, why not just something like from Kiristami or something? Mm-hmm. I think it's because Americans have the viewpoint that the divorce quote-unquote epidemic is uniquely an American problem. I also think right now in our society there are so many children of divorce Um, whether they're all grown up and they've moved past it or if they're in the middle of a divorce right now. Like there have been so many different people so many different kids who've been put in the situation of have seeing their family unravel before their eyes. Um, Justin, you said like this film is like watching, you know, the process of a, a separation. And it's like also to me to be a little more morbid about it. It's like you see the death of a child, like a childhood. childhood. You see the like, you see the slow, you know. Loss fucking, of innocence. Yeah. Well, shout out Vinny Manicuso. Um, <laughs> Just the pure strangulation of optimism and hope for your family. Just like the slow, painful death of 
things being okay in your life yeah. in a way it's and I, I know that's really fucked up to hear but it's where does Tamar go after this she like, just walks out I of the office and is just like right well you you come over you. here you won <laughs> you are the winner good job um no it's all right dad who's hungry? yeah but like 50 percent, yeah like i i don't know what the correct you know the current percentage is but you know everyone always likes to say 50 percent of marriages end in divorce or whatever i have no idea if that's like now true or whatever but yeah the but like there is a ton of divorce and i think so many different people and even if you haven't even even if you're not a child of divorce you might have a single parent who you know like whatever other means um like you have a you now have an, a single parent or you have or your friends are children of divorce or you've been around divorce or your uncles or aunts divorced or whatever it's it's something very permanent or very um prevalent in our culture and i think people forget that it happens in other cultures too in other places maybe not as much for differing you know religious or socioeconomic or you know societal reasons but it does happen other places mm-hmm. and so i think that and having that such of a universal issue and also the universal issue of cooperate like the need to cooperate or not cooperate the need to find the, the need to find a solution to a very complex problem yeah. i mean these are just like you know and i guess i'm this is just a very elaborate and nonsensical way of saying you know like these are universal themes but i do and that think certainly that, played a part in its winning of best international feature but i think course. the idea of divorce is just I, I i you know and i'm guilty of also you know having the i like the point of view that sometimes like just like it's a uniquely american problem which it isn't but it feels like that because it's so prevalent in our culture and it just feel and it's so i don't know it's so synonymous with america to me um mm. of just you know divorce and it's and i, I think that's just, like, like an entire position is divorce lawyer like we have yeah people who are well, yeah who have made, exactly who have made, and this is uh, a genre of, of movies it. too yeah. this is a genre of film is divorce yeah. movies mm-hmm. justin brings up squid and the whale and that's like you know, a marriage like a story com- you know, a comedy i guess, about, I guess yeah. bombback has some issues to work out but still yeah. you know like <laughs> Well, there's been jokes about his career that it's like a very public child of divorce is now a bound back. But then also his own divorce with Jennifer Jason Lee or, you know, but it's that's in a whole we, other we've we've covered wildlife on this podcast before, you know, mm, a movie that's right. ta- that's like about divorce, but from a completely different era. Sure. And is it divorce? I mean, are they? I are think they divorce. Oh, I are don't they? know if they're officially, but they're on that. They're on the right. way. And it's not the most stable marriage in wildlife but no. also i think that that's interesting comparison because you have ed oxenbold who is forced to mature um in a time when maybe he wasn't ready to mature at that age but because his parents are teaching him these very nuanced and complex uh decisions and in ways of thinking about your partner it's like yeah no that's that's a very cool and his parents are being By selfish the, on top of all of this Serena Farhadi for Asghar Farhadi to have his own daughter play this role is super interesting. And I, and I think that she, she's all the performances here are great, but also like, she's fantastic for an, uh, an, an experienced actor. Yeah. So. 
I mean, just on divorce, I mean, they, so there are two couples, one who's getting divorced mm-hmm. and one who's not, so Rezia and, and Hojad. But Rezia and Hojad are not a happy couple. No. They're very, there's some really serious problems in that marriage. In particular, those problems are what drive a lot of the conflict of the film. They're off screen, but they're, they're there. Not communicating they're not communicating. The <laughs> fact that Hojat can't keep a job and is in jail, in and out of jail, is what drives Rezier to go and take this in the first place. But she has to do it behind his back because he is up, he would be upset with her if he did that. So there's all these lies going on between them. And I do wonder, you know, they're together at the end of the movie. I mean, just to like pour fire, pour gasoline on the fire. But like, I don't know if it's any better that they're together at the end of the movie. And, mm. you know, and and Samin and, and Nadir are not. I mean, it yeah. does feel like they are facing a similar intractable conflict. And um, yeah, it would be, you know, probably really bad for um, for their daughter. So my yeah remembering her name to uh to to you know to go through that but but uh, it 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 does seem like there's this kind of frustrating you're like it's like it, it, well frustrating but also compelling thing where the movie is basically just like let me show you life and then it takes a baseball bat and hits you in the face like mm. that's life <laughs> like it's just crazy you know you have to like put conf- that on the fucking poster i love that crazy ass things which don't you know yield like sometimes there are unyielding conflicts and like that sucks and how do we deal with that and how you know how do we like not lose ourselves in the face of such uh drastic divisions and um and and mm-hmm. just truths like here's the truth these two people probably shouldn't be together and like damn that sucks and now we have to deal with that and and i think but i think it's interesting that that you know there's no divorce on the other side and but mm. but maybe there should be i don't know you know i think yeah. yeah i mean i think aside from the divorce part what what terme is going through is what we all you know a much more dramatic and and wrenching experience that we all go through is like in adolescence we realize our parents are people yeah are people and deeply flawed people yeah. but also that like to love a person but whether you're born into a family or you elect to love somebody is like a, a hazard to your heart and maybe even a moral hazard. Yeah. Like Terme's loss of innocence is and in, is in, in realizing that her parents are these flawed people. And also like she goes and has to lie yeah. to the investigator. She doesn't have to. She chooses, she chooses to. to. You're right. She chooses to. Right. She chooses yeah. to because she loves her father. Yeah. And to mm-hmm. love somebody means sometimes you, you have to compromise. You have to compromise yeah. and you have to rip your soul in half. And you especially like, I don't know where she, where her religious, you know, views are, but when she's weeping in the car, like she might be thinking about hell. She might be thinking mm-hmm. about, you know, what that means for her soul. And she didn't um, swear on the Quran. Well, you know this is um these are some she had to make a really for sure really hard choice in that moment and i think you know realizing that love is not just a safe shelter but like a a hazard and something that can yeah hurt you and can and can compromise your your deepest held beliefs yeah you could just just imagine it like this like like you're taught as a kid to just do the right thing you know unquestioningly and like love is the love will solve all your problems and now she's just realizing wait all that's a lie yeah but yeah they're saying we're told as kids love will solve your problems just and the truth right and it turns (laughs) out like what is the truth and does telling the truth always a good thing (laughs) if we want to simplify that even further it's like honesty is the best policy And it's like, if that lesson is instilled to us when we're kids, 
right, and Mr. Draper. To my, <laughs> I know. I, I, I listen. I, I'm going for. Uh, Hi, my name is Mr. Draper. I'm your substitute teacher for today. One of my guiding principles is honesty is the best policy. <laughs> I should come out and and uh, come clean. I'm coming for Justin's job. So that's that's sort of my uh, with that. That's my audition now. Um, that's, that's, but, is that what you do? Like you just tell people. <laughs> honest, start out like, don't honest. lie. You're right. Oh, definitely. Policy. The first thing is that you have to all sign a God is dead. <laughs> uh, you have to sign the petition before we can even go further. Can we demand that our bits go into your podcast? Because you need to drop a God is not dead like a little just a little ditty there. Just a little yeah. bit of God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. Wait, we, we, we can work something out. We can work yeah, something yeah, out. Yeah. 2010's movie? Hold on. Oh, God. Yeah, you're I'm sure. Oh, my God. Fucking vice. <laughs> you won't yeah. let me do it on our podcast. I won't. <laughs> Laura, for a few... Have you guys done oh. it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why would they? That's fantastic. God's not dead. God's not dead, too. God's not dead. A light and darkness. You got three. You should. We got you three. Potentially, Justin, is God's this going to be really not done completely for you? I was going to say, I'm um, so sorry. You were saying oh my you were gosh, job no. because you said honesty is the best policy. Yeah, we were all just it was bits. We were just, we were just <laughs> dogpiling you for saying honesty is the best policy. Yeah. What? Have you, have you watched the separation? I'm, honesty. It's complicated. I'm going to say something really thoughtful, Jack. Let's let's return to that. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's that's sort of my takeaway. If if Justin is saying life is is hit with if if you're you're hit by a baseball bat, you know that's that's my like poster tagline. So many pictures <laughs> classes should start like sending us checks. Um, but I no, I think um, if Tamad is thinking about telling the truth will benefit her and her family, then that is who she thinks Nadir is trying to act the best as is the truth teller and what she understands is the truth and what she understands as a lie may be more complex than that because that's her dad and her dad is the one that is telling the truth and is doing the right thing because that's all she knows right now that's all I was gonna say okay I think I really I think I got it all out in the in the words of Will Smith from the film concussion oh my god okay oh my god (laughs) tell the truth thank god you did not do the accent no i i I was was just point to not do the fucking voice i I, I froze for a second um yeah am i gonna have to cut this am i gonna have to get this (laughs) let's go to favorite scene does anyone i will go first because i just want to get this out of the way and just be a fucking asshole about it i'm gonna take the ending it's truly (laughs) one of the most heartbreaking things i've ever seen in cinema it makes yeah. it i mean obviously i haven't seen that i haven't seen this movie in three years and i'm i don't know when i'm ever going to rewatch it again but it has stuck with that scene has stuck with me since i saw it well it's i thought you were going to rewatch it for this i know i and That's i kind of awesome. thought so too but i just not to like dig do it. i was just gonna no, say no 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 it's, it's yeah, yeah, no. i don't i almost always unless i've seen the movie like a month or two ago mm. i almost always 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 rewatch it but this time, mm-hmm. I just couldn't get myself to do it because I just, I mean, it's not like the most painful movie in the world, but it's just something I didn't really want to watch. Um, well, like and- I like I exposed us for next episode. It might you know, top us for, for uh, painful viewings. Oh, right. Amore. Right. Yeah. But I haven't seen that. So yeah. I have to, I have to. Amore. That that's that, that. Amore is different. Amore is the <laughs> yeah. one about the pizza guy who. 
Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's I think they're, I think they're the same. I think yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, do, Jack do guys... doesn't know the difference between movies. That's, we've yeah. been trying to figure this out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but no, I think that ending is just. خب تصمیم چی خانم؟ پدرم از گوشان به عهده خود که تصمیم بگیر حالی که دارن جدا میشن از این وقت با کدومشون میخوای زندگی کنی؟ با بابات میخوای باشی یا با مامانت؟ تصمیم تو گرفتی یا نه بابا؟ بله بله؟ تصمیم تو گرفتی یا نه؟ بله چی شد بناخره دخترم؟ الان با بگم اگه هنوز فکر نکردیم؟ چرا؟ فکرم کردم اگه هنوز فکر نکردیم بخوایی یه جلسه چرا فکرم کردم؟ خوب؟ بخوایی برم بیرون اگه سختته؟ میشه؟ آقا بیرون باشین یه داره خانم شما میزن هم بخونم بیرون Yeah. The ending is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. One I'm of partial- the best shots, also of the decade, oh, yeah. is them you wanna, yeah. next to each other. Mm-hmm. For Do, sure. Yeah. Let's say more about that. That shot is incredible because they're they're first framed on the same side of the thing with this with the with the screen between them with the glass between them. Then he goes over. He's separated from her now, distance, and then he, they separated again because the plane changes. Right now, now they're on different planes of like one's high and one's low. Absolutely. This isn't a movie that like is ostentatious about its filmmaking, but that part is like yeah, Ooh, good very, word ostentatious. Right. The way that it blocks uh, actors feels so natural and human. Uh, you don't even feel <clears throat> it's only in scenes like that with. The framing that it's like wow this feels so earned and organic so um would you do you guys have a scene or i can go if you need a minute to think i know mine okay you cool. guys go yeah. oh okay yeah. well go, i mean do you want to go jack 
Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I will say the scene when Nadir is trying to verbally and physically lay out what happened. There's like a police officer there and um, Raza is, is there with the husband and he's like, she got dizzy. <laughs> and it's like, what? and she responds like, when do I get dizzy? And, and, it, and it's interesting where it's like, that is the level that he's going to, to prove his side. And we, we get this, this version and we still don't know if that's the right one. And we don't even know if Razaz is even the, the one to say that, that how much of that is the truth, but it's, it's a matter of like, we have to see it now mapped out uh, like where it happened. And, and I just, I'm just like, now we've kind of reached the peak of, of this situation when someone has to go and like reenact. I think it's, it's, I don't know. I, I just found it very interesting this time. Rafter ترمه بیا اینجا درس ول کن درسیت بیا اینجا یه دقیقه بیا الان فکر کنم الان این خانومه درسته بیا الان وقت پرت میشه صاف کنی میخوره به یه جا دیگه دیگه نمیخوره که اینجوری بخوره اینجا بعد بیاد اینجا بخوره به اینجا بعد باز بچرخه بیاد بخوره به اینجا بیفته اینجا درسته الان این خانم اگه من پرتش کرده باشم از اونجا باید افتاده باشه یا رو اون پله های بالا یا اینکه میاد مستقیم مثلا میخوره به اینجا به اینجوری که دیگه نمیفته که آدم بیا الان تو خودت فکر کن پرت شده همین مسئله به یه بار خب این چجوری پس افتاده اونجا من نمیدونم من میگم این پرت نشده روی پله همین حالا بیا تو به خودت واسه اینجا خب چرا همینا رو بهشون نمیگی ببین اونا رو ولشون کن من میخوام تو بدونی برو الان به همین سمت پرتت کرد؟ نه رو به پایین پرتت اصلا شما خودت ببین ناکن این در اصلا اجازه نمیده من بخوابم نمیتونم ببینین کجا خوردی نمیشه... زمین؟ رو همین پله کدوم پله؟ ببخشیدم فکر کنم این فکر میکنی یا مطمئنی؟ نه مطمئن نیستم خانم شما همینجا اومدید بالای سرش؟ پرت شدنشون رو ندیدم وقتی که رسیدم روی اون پله پایینی بودم تا چرا خودتی چی نمیگی؟ برو نشونشون بده چجوری پرتت کرد من قهالم بعد بود به خود خودم هم نفهمم چه ببینید من الان وایسم جای خانم شما اینجا تو درگاهی درد ناکن آقا سر کاشون لطف کن تا چی ببین اینجا منو با هر قدرتی که میتونین
یه دست بهش بخور خودت خودت بیا خودت بیا اینجا هر کم خودت قبول داری بیا هولت بده من اصلا میگم نمیشه من ببخشید من میگم اصلا از اینجا شما هول بدی نمیافته رو اون پله اون پله این خودش داره میگه افتاده رو این پله بالایی آقا دارن اینا میگن همه میگن رو اون پله دیدنش حالا شما پرچدنش هم دیدید از بالا بله من از اون بالا در خونه رو نمیتونستم ببینم ولی راپله رو دیدم که افتادن میتونی به من نشون بدی از کجا میدیدی شاید سرش کی رفته افتاده تو چند بار این پله رو رفتی اومدی چرا قبلا سرش کیج نرفته بود؟ ببخشید آقا اون روز صبح که من خانم و سر پله ها دیدم ازشون پرسیدم که چرا آشخال ریخته رو پله هایشون گفتن که سرشون گیج رفته کیسه آشخال از دستشون افتاده درسته خانم؟ بچه هم آشخال ها رو برد پایی شما خو... گفتین که خودیتون سرتون گیج رفت اصلا خانم کلانی مگه اون روز نظافت نکرده بودن را پله ها رو را پله خیس بوده ممکنه پاش لیس خورده باشه افتاده باشه باش. من جلو زن بچه ها چی بده میگم گومی خوری بخواد چی بگیم فوش نده ببرش بیرون آه برو بیرون فوش نده بیان فردا چششون تو چشه اینه بیان چیزی بگم زرار این باشه آه دلیل داری دروغ میگم برو شکایت کن شما الان داری میگی راست میگم برو از باز پرسته بوره پدر من که بخت محصب تالا باشتم اینجا That is a great scene. All these, are, I mean, pretty much any scene is an amazing scene. Yeah. But for me, it, I may be cheating. I'm not totally sure. But the two or one scene in the, with the judge or the investigator mm. or whatever. And and the, the part that I love, there's two parts. And I think they're in different scenes. So actually, this may be a cheat. But the first part is Nadir, he's just been brought in and they're questioning him and stuff. And then he's like, well, did you do this or that? And he's like, well, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then the judge says, be precise. Your charge is murder. And that's the moment when you're like, oh, fuck. Like this, this is, we are in mm-hmm. this theocracy, right? Where like killing an unborn child is murder. And like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Okay, yeah. That's when the movie, like for me, like the first time I was like, okay, the stakes just got, you know, taken to the next level. And then the second part that I love is when uh, Hojat has been, he's just insulted the judge. And... um And the judges or the judge and him are going back and forth and he's yelling and the judge is like, calm down, calm down. And he's like, oh, I'm going to put you in jail. And he says, would you think I fear your jail? And he's like, you should fear God. And the judge is just like, he's looking down and he looks up and he does the dagger eyes at him. You should fear God. Like that is like the most, that's like the worst insult you can give to someone, right? Like suggesting that they're not, you know, a good Muslim or whatever. And I love that that look he gives is just like, that's it. You're fucking out of here. You know, it's the look your teacher might give you, right? And, and you're like doing something bad, the dagger eyes. And I just, yeah, it, yeah. It always gets me. Everything with the judge is the best for me. Yeah. I love it. Or the way investigator, whatever he is. Because there is like a level of like um, uh, authority that it's not just about the these two couples trying to work out a solution but now it's like there's there's an actual institution that needs to be involved شما شنیدی شکایت ایشون رو قبول دارین 13 اومدن من متاسفم وقتی هم شنیدم خیلی ناراحت شدم پا شدم رفتم بیمارستان یعنی قبول دارین این کارو کردین این هم روز از پزشک قانونی گرفتین شبش که بردیم بیمارستان همون گواهی پزشک قانونی رو صبح بردیم برای بیمارستان رو بردیم برای پزشک قانونی چرمونیم پسر خب توضیح بدین من قبول دارم یکم تون شدم باشون تون شدم یعنی چی؟ شون هل دادی؟ نه، خلشون ندادم من سعی کردم از خونه بیرونشون کنم شفاف توضیح بده آقا اتحامشون الان قتل بچه چهارمانیمه بوده یه آدم کامل به حساب میاد 
من به قصد هل دادن نرفتم طرف ایشون من می‌خواستم برن بیرون که در خونه رو ببندم شما من هل ندادین اجازه بده خانم اگه حتی می‌دونستم این خانم بار دارن حتی همین حدی هم که می‌خواستم از خونه بیرونشون کنم نمی‌رفت نمی‌کردم این کارو من فقط می‌خواستم در خونه رو ببندم شما حرف ایشونو قبول دارین خانم قول نداد از تو درگاه اینجا ما گرفت پرتم کرد از پله افتادم پایین نه خانم من شما رو پرتتون نکردم نه من گفتم میخواستم فقط از خونه بیرونشون کنم خب بیا استفادم یه زن حامله رو اینطوری از خونش میندازیم من نمیدونستم حامله چرا دروغ میگی من تو بیمارستان فهمیدم آجاقا شما جای بردر بزرگ من آدم از قیافه و شکم یه زن حامله متوجه نمیشه یه زن چهار پنج ماهه من اصلا که شما رو میدیدم شما وقتی میومدی که من یا رفته بودم یا داشتم میرفتم سر کار وقتی هم که برمیگشتم این خانم همیشه همینجوری با همین همیشه حاجی با همین وضع بودم با چادر بودم مثلا با این وضع قابل تشخیص نیست چجوری میتونن ایشون میتونن ادعا کنن که از ظاهر شما نفهمن حاجی آقا من حاجی آقا من اصلا به ذهنم خطور نمیکرد که خانم بارداری بیاد برای همچین کاری حاجی آقا من جلو خود این آقا جلو دخترش جلو معلم دخترشون که میومد خونشون در مورد بارداریم صحبت کردم خدا شاهده همشون شنیدن من یادم نمیاد اصلا خب شما یادت نمیاد بله شما نباید نمیاد آقا مگه الان اصلا بحث بحث دونستان ندونستان منه بله که هست اگه ثابت بشه که شما میدونی سیشون بار داره تو دادگاه از یک تا سه سال برات حبس میبور خب بله نه من نمیدونستم معلم دخترشون هست بگین بیاد بگه این آقا نشنیده میتونم فردا بیانیشون؟ آقا من نمیخوام اصلا به بحث معلم و مدرسه و اون چیزا کشیده بشه اصلا برای بچه هم خوب نیست اصلا تو زدی بچه منو کشتی حالا برای بچه هم بد میشه بچه تو فقط بچه آدمه بچه های ما بچه هی تولس زگر توهین نکن آقا من توهین دارم میکنم آقا آقا یا این که زن بدبخت ساده منو با بچه چهار ماه بود شکمش بود بیگاری خونه شون من خانم شما رو خانم مگه من شما رو رفتی خونه یه مرد مجرد که اصلا معلوم نیست کی هست خرجت باشم حاج آقا چند ماه بیکاره برای اون خانم معلم بابان مطلب بعد اینجا شما یه خودتون زنگ میزنین یا تلفن مشخصات بدین آقا ایزدی همراهن کنم فردا آجام من امروز فقط به خاطر یه چیز اینجا من بچم افتاد اینقدر نسوختم که این آقا به من تهمت دوزی زد ما دوزیم ما دوز ما اگه دوز باشیم مجبوریم بیایم خونه تو لای پای پدر تو رو تمیز کنیم شما دلیل شاهدی دارین که ایشون خونه شما دوزی کرده آها من نگفتم دوزی کردم من رفتم سر کشو دیدم یه مقداری از پولا کم شده دقیقا همون مقداری که دستمزد ایشون بوده سر این دعواتون شد احمد دوزی زده دیگه آجا آقا من یه پدر بیماری آزایمه داره پدر من این خانم دستش میبنده تو به تخت روش قفل میکنه مالا میشه میره بیرون من روز سر کار نرفتم زودتر آمدم خونه دیدم با یه وضعی پدرم افتاده وسط اتاق دستش بسته به تخت اصلا واقعا اولش فکردم مرده ایشون این خانم برگشتن من تو اون وضعیت خب عرض میکنم خدمتتون نمیگم عصبانی نبودم عصبانی بودم بهشون میگم برو از خونه بیرون سماجت میکنه نمیره بیرون من اصلا خب من کجا بعد میرفتم این آقا به من تهمت دزدی زده خب مگه نمیگفتم پولمو بهم بدم جوبل میکردم میرفتم یا آقا فکر میگم من پولشو دزدیدم که هیچی بر نداشتم شما پدرتون هم آسیبی دیده بله یکم آسیب دیده چه آسیبی دیده اگه آسیب دیده بود که الان شاکی این پرونده بعد این آقا باشه که بله آقای واسپرس آسیب دیده کجا خانم ببخشی من بچم بیرونه برم یه سر بش بزنم زودن برو زودی اون درم ببنم I know these are all great scenes. I don't think I have like a favorite one that we haven't already covered, except for weirdly mm. what hit me, what like I like really felt in my in my tummy this time around was when we mm. see some scenes of um, Razia um, just trying to do that job. 
<laughs> and and you know the guys want the dad's wandering around he's he's like trying to get the paper the girl's doing something else and then the trash needs to get taken out she's cleaning him up right and then like she's like can you take out the trash and then the, ba- the little kiddo is like of course taking out the trash in the messiest way possible like he's dragging just like sticky <laughs> she puts her hand in and it's like jam or something you know <laughs> like I was just like, oh my God, I feel this so much. Yeah. Like I trying to wrangle a three-year-old on a daily basis and the level of chaos that <laughs> happens so quickly in this house is unbelievable. And I'm also not caring for somebody like for a senile <laughs> man who's like, yeah. you know, trying to paper every five seconds. Like I am feeling for her and, you know, I, she's like feeling, clearly feeling sick. She's pregnant. She's exhausted. And, um, and it happens so fast, like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and that's how it feels sometimes, you know, like I look around Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, how did you open that? How long have you, (laughs) what? Like, you know, like, how did this happen? Um, I looked away for one second or like, I just went to pee like, holy crap. Like what? there's flour everywhere in my house, you know, like, it's just like nuts. And, and I, you know, I, um, I, it's, I think spending time with her and getting to set a sense of how beleaguered she is, how, how pulled in so many directions and she is, how unfair this job is for her. Um, and that she can't even tell her husband that she's going to this job, I think all helps us to the moment where like, she does something bad. She ties up the man to, to the, like, to a bedpost and goes and leaves him, you know, and he could die. And that was pretty bad, but I also, you know, because we've spent time with her and how pulled she is and how much she's got going on, you again have, just, you know, for Hattie's so good at giving you empathy for every character's choice, even when it's definitely unequivocally the bad, cho- the wrong choice. Absolutely, that's that's a really w- great way to put it. Um, I'm sure I'm going to be able to get the الان کدوم گوری برای تو من پیرم بیارم در بیانی روی تو در بیار ببینم
uh, really fast. Uh, a separation was also up for uh, best original screenplay. It lost to Midnight in Paris. Yikes! And well, it competed against uh, Bullhead from Belgium, Footnote from Israel, In Darkness from Poland, and Monsieur Lazier from Canada in best international feature categories. Um, yeah, just worth just a bit of Oscar history. Justin, Laura, thank you guys so much for being back here. Thank this you. This is a pleasure to have you, of course. Yeah. Please come back uh, for God's Not uh, Dead, which will be our last episode. No, ever. No, no, I can't no, believe it. No. Yeah. It's... <laughs> We're going to, you're going to have to convince me on that one. I don't know about. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. Because yeah. I'm going to start I... saying stuff that I don't want to say publicly. <laughs> right, 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 right. I don't want to get the Christians mad. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, you know, hey, whatever. You I like how it's less or... about covering bad movies than it is for you, like self-destructing. For and that like, one, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for that one in particular, I feel like I would be some say, saying some right, shit I would right, not want right. to say. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out um, to you, the Christian right. <laughs> suddenly, the vice defense uh, feels much more interesting than the right. not dead defense. Right. I can. Um, yeah, I can deal with that. Yeah, please promote you guys. What what do you have? Do you, you guys have your own show? Tell everyone yeah. where, where it is. Yeah. yeah. We we are in our separation Laura's, process. Laura's wearing the shirt. I am. Yeah. Cows in the field. Yeah. The name of the podcast is, is Cows in the Field. And uh we, and with her sog on the sog on the front. Yeah. yeah website but we are also in a process of separation on our podcast on a regular basis i'm just kidding i was like what are you saying <laughs> this is a horrible okay. way to break the news uh, yeah. <laughs> don't tell to me um no. yeah we're we're at we're at cow's pod on twitter that's where you can follow us fantastic lots of um, this yeah, while it's yeah, while while it's here. Oh my god, Mastodon. I'm so sorry. I, I joke a lot about like uh, about like our marital issues on the podcast, or it being like yeah. a. I just realized you just you made such an impassioned speech for how hard this is on the children. It should not be light. Uh, no, no, I was talking about Twitter. I wasn't. No, I'm your podcast. I think it's going to exist just fine. I'm just talking about Twitter oh. existing or not. <laughs> Twitter might not exist soon. So yeah, we'll, we'll find oh, that, out. This is true. That will be yeah. fine. <laughs> I love thinking about that. I love how that affects us finding people for this. That's it's awesome. Um, this film is not streaming anywhere. Usually, I I tell everybody where you can find the film, but it's not. Yeah, you would think it would be like a canopy would have this or something, but um, it was on Netflix for a while. So like, yeah, it sounds like one of those situations. Right. But maybe it will pop up long after we put out this episode. But I'm on Twitter for now as well uh at jack a draper and i have writing on the boston hustle and um yeah like like we said next episode is a more with jordan rap from the film stage everyone can follow me at birds of clay on twitter as it still exists and letterbox <laughs> you can follow me on instagram at mr clay williams you can follow the podcast twitter account at ett pod um, you can send us an email at exiting through 2010 to gmail.com please remember to rate review subscribe Please retweet, share it to a friend, go go outside, run uh, run up to someone on the street, take your oh shoes God. off, put them on your hands, start clapping them above your head with your shoe, you know, your shoes on your hands, and just start chanting, "Listen to exiting through the 2010s and cows in the and fields." That too, and then and then just throw your shoes that are on your hands uh, into the middle of the street, 
and then skip away. What because was the other thing? Oh, then skip away. That's right. I think that I'm, I always I'm trying to do that every episode. Say something fucking ridiculous. Things are gonna be all right. Um, R.I.P. to Kevin Conroy. I love you. You will be yeah. missed. Um, and as always, we'll catch you next time on Exiting Through 2010. Mm-hmm.